Dan, what yes. what <laughs> happened last week? Oh boy, it was a rough week, a very rough week. Down and out <laughs> with an illness. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Because I I know that you were not feeling well, uh, and then I kind of wasn't feeling well. I don't know if I am feeling well, but uh, regardless, we're we're finally back. We are back, and uh, we're back, and I am very excited about this episode today. It's, well, uh... <laughs> I am too, but I'm also a little worried because I don't, Dan, I don't want you to look. Just keep looking over here at me, but there is a, there is a stranger sitting across from us at the table. Don't look. Just take a quick glance and tell me if, what's this all about. Yeah. It's it's uh it's pretty exciting. We have a first for the Woodhound <laughs> podcast. First time ever, we have a special guest. We have a special guest. Yeah. And uh it's not just any special guest, but this is this is a major league high profile person in the in the industry. And I would love to welcome our 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 guest his name is austin roberts he is the co-founder and general manager of logox austin, hey, thanks for how having are you me doing thanks for having me guys that's awesome well. austin the uh the logox has quickly become one of the the go-to tools and, and dan you have one too don't you I do. I do. And I love it. And I must first say, uh, I'm going to just start off Austin, a couple things. I want to thank you for your service because I know that's part of your story. I want to thank you for being here. But most importantly, my lower back wants to thank you for the log ox. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll pass that along to, uh, to John as well. And he's, uh, he's really one of the main creators and the inventors of the product and um, and I'm, I'm just fortunate to, to be working with him and, and Lynn and, uh, starting this company, you know, we're, we're an overnight success, six years in the making here. Uh, we've been doing this since, since 2016 now, which is hard to believe looking back on it. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll pass it along to him. I'm sure. I'll be happy to hear that. That, that comes off as a surprise to me. I just had it in my head that the log ox been around a lot longer than six years. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies, huh? Um, it's uh, it's one of those tools where uh, it's I just I wish I had had one growing up, uh, and that sort of was part of the onus for John, you know, making it uh, and inventing it in the first place was that uh, you know my my mom and him and my sister and I we all used to get together uh, and, and harvest firewood that was part of the yearly tradition up in Vermont and I'm sure where we grew up, uh, and you know myself and my sister moved away went to college went on uh, far away and and now. Um, you know, John needed a better, a better system for himself to be able to, to haul these uh, these log rounds, to feed a log splitter. And that's kind of where it initially came from, was the idea, how do I get it from the ground up onto a log splitter? Because that was one of the main pain points uh, for him. And uh, and he was, you know, he's, his background is a, is a chemical engineer by trade, he's a pretty solid math and physics guy. And he figured out a, a way of basically turning a cant hook, a short cant hook, which he initially played around with. Uh, but found that it slipped out, you know, 50, 60% of the time. So he, he was able to, to set up the, the handle of the, the product itself uh, in such a way that it uses the weight of the, the log to lock itself into place every time you pick it up and put it onto a, a splitter. So once he kind of perfected that design, uh, we, we built off of that into, into what we have today, which is, includes, of course, the cant hook and, then, and also the timber jack attachment. Yeah, I think what the log ox was just the perfect tool is for that guy or gal who loads up the pickup truck, gets their saw and heads out to the woods because it's not just the one tool. It's three in one and now it's four in one. Is that right? Yeah. So there's the, uh, the pickaroon attachment that goes, uh, that we sell with the Forester pack and we also sell that separately. Um, because, you know, we, we used to, you know, use a pickaroon, a standard standalone pickaroon, which is, uh, you know, typically a uh, $60, $70 item if you have a decent one. And we just realized that, hey, with this handle attachment that we have, we could we could uh, mill uh, a piece to go into it and use the same exact pin system, which we've improved in 2022 with the swing lock 
pitch pits and now it's not two parts anymore. Um, and we could just add that to it. And now we have the, the perfect kind of uh, pick a room to go with it. And we, we picked the right the tip that we wanted. We basically used a pulp hook tip. So he's got that keyhole design to it too, but it has that, uh, if you look at it closely, it has that little nub underneath it. So it sort of operates a little bit like a fish hook where it will lock into the wood pulp uh, and it won't fall out until you, you know, give it a purposeful front, front forward and back uh, shake to it. And then it will release easily. Uh, but what's great is if you got the hauler in one hand, the picker in the other, you can grab two, two pieces uh, when you're yarding firewood out. Uh, grab one, one, one and the other, and it cuts your time in half. Uh, and it's also, yep. you know, you're also not bending over with that. So, yeah, that that's the one thing I haven't tried yet, but I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that because I I always I've never had a pickaroon or a hookaroon, mm-hmm. and so you know, and I think adding that on there that was another. So it really is like you said, it's a four in one tool, the complete pack. Yeah. Yeah, the standard the standard three one forester tool uh, doesn't come with it, but the forester pack does. It also comes with a hauler holster, which if you're if you're using it with a log splitter, it's, it's definitely handy to have because you just set it in that, operate your log splitter, grab another piece, and it's it's handy for that. And then of course we uh, we also developed a, a bag. We call it the Carryox bag. We make it in South Carolina. I'm sorry, in North Carolina, um, and it's a cotton canvas bag that we specifically designed for the product itself. So it's got plenty of room in there for you know the log ox, but then also room for PPE. Um, you know, scrunch extra chains. It's got two large internal pockets, um, and and then I put my chainsaw chaps on top of it. And we designed it to with the the handles being long enough and wide enough so you could wear it over your shoulders like a backpack. So when we go out, uh, you know, typically our our flow is that we'll go out in the springtime before the the buds really start to pop, and we'll look for those those down trees uh, that are that are either leaning. Um, usually they, they've got a tree a root bulb that are still attached with it. And we'll go out and we'll just, we'll scout around there. So we have, we'll have the log ox with us carrying that. And then, you know, chainsaw on the other hand. And, you know, what's beneficial about doing it that way at that specific time of the year is one, there's not a lot of brush. The, the weather's good. There's not a lot of bugs. So you can go out there and kind of walk around your, your property line and then find these trees that have, that have come down and, and or, or you want to take down for, uh, for management purposes. And then when you separate the, the log from the, the tree from the root bulb, what will happen is it'll fall on the ground and the nature will take its course and those bulbs will, will sprout and the, the leaves will come out. And what that'll do is it'll draw moisture out of, out of the tree itself. So it starts that seasoning process. Uh, it starts to actually you know, season itself. So it's, gonna, it's yeah. gonna cut down the amount of time it takes to get that moisture out of the tree. And then the fall time rolls around and you can go bucket up and uh, then stack it and season it however you like. But that's a, we always found that that's a, a great way of, of kind of doing it throughout the season. So we, we created a, a bag uh, that would allow us to scout, you know, easily, or just throw it in your ATV or in your back of your tractor or whatever. It just it keeps the entire tool together. So now you have three, not four tools, uh, in a, a bag that's about uh, thirty inches long, and you can carry it easily. So, yeah. So Austin, you are not the inventor of the log ox. You, uh, you came. What what part of the process? You know, from when it was invented, or did you get started when it? got into like mass production yeah so the the log ox um in and of itself the the process was probably about i don't know somewhere five to seven years or so of john putzing around with this thing i think probably probably the day we left for college was the day he tried to figure out how to do this <laughs> uh would be my guess and uh, and so anyway so he, he you know he had a bunch of a bunch of like really kind of crude prototypes and um you know different can hooks that he had, you know, hacked in half and we're trying to figure out different ways of doing it. And then he finally got the, he finally got sort of the, uh, like the, the mechanics of it correct. And he applied for a patent, I think in 2015 was when he applied for a patent. Um, and then was looking around for different uh, contract manufacturers. We work with a great company called Swisher uh, out of Missouri. Um, every single thing that we sell, uh, whether it's our products or, or anyone else's that we drop ship are all made in the United States, 100%. So they, they make it for us there in, uh, in Warrensville, Missouri, uh, Warrensburg, Missouri. And, um, and so we got, he had that set up, uh, and was kind of in the process of what, you know, what do I, in, in the summer of, of, uh, 2016, he was kind of in the, the process of, well, what do I want to really do with this? Now it's like, I've got it patented. We found a, a manufacturing partner and I've been working with him on, on some of the, the marketing stuff and, and sort of the, the inter- instrumental like setups of, of getting the, the business going sort of on the side as I was still in the army, uh, as an army officer. And, um, you know, 2016, like late spring, early summer, he just got caught. He was a, you know, he was a C-suite executive type uh, who was running, you know, three different companies uh, for this Austrian firm 
um, that just decided they were going to clean house and, and, you know, to no fault of his own, his, his companies were profitable. They just basically laid off their entire executive uh, team throughout North America. And, and wow. he got caught up in yeah. that. They brought it, brought in their own guys, you know, it's just kind of how the corporate world works. So um, he found himself just sort of surprisingly out of, out of a job as a, you know, a 60 year old guy. Um, not a lot of, of great prospects out there for someone at a similar uh, commensurate pay grade doing something in the corporate world at another company just out of the blue. So, um, you know, he was trying to kind of figure all that out. And I, at the same time, uh, you know, I'd been with my wife basically long distance for eight years uh, as, as she was going through, through medical school and I was, you know, bouncing around the world in the army. I was in Afghanistan for a year. I was, um, you know, Europe, uh, you know, uh, CENTCOM, the, the uh, Middle East. So um, I finally decided, hey, you know, it's, it's time. It's either one of these decisions. You kind of get a, a fork in the road in the military. It's either, hey, stay in. Uh, make a full career of it or, uh, or, you know, get out. And so I chose the latter path to, to finally be with my wife and um, great decision. I, I, I'm very glad I made. And, uh, but I didn't really have a, I didn't really have an idea of what exactly I wanted to do uh, with that. I just knew that, Hey, I want to finally be, be with my wife. So um, at the sort of the same time, our paths, our paths crossed. And I just said, Hey, why don't, why don't we just try to make a go of this business and see what we can do with it? He's looking for a job. I'm looking for a job. You know, we'll do kind of part time and just you know see what we can do with it. But I think we've got a product here because I I was really sold with it that fall when I you know came home and he had a working prototype. It was it was plate metal at the time. It was a, a kind of a flat steel, um, and that was the the first generation of it. And I but I was working with him in the the woods, you know, and and I said, Dad, this thing's an amazing tool. Like just you know, there's so much more we can do with it. I wish you invented this thing a lot earlier, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. And so I was, I was just really sold on it just that, that fall when I came home and was visiting when we were using it. So, you know, that winter when I was, when I finally got out, I was like, Hey, let's just, let's just try doing this. Um, and he had taken it to a, you know, a trade show here and there and, you know, it's local county fair type stuff and gotten good feedback at that point. He was already starting to make it with Swisher. Um, and, uh, but 2017 was really kind of the launch of the company as, it, as it's known today. And, and we moved to, to tubular steel and what that did was it, first of all, it made it a lot stronger. Uh, we were able to use the, the pins, which now are the swing lock one part pin, uh, but that allows us to add attachments to the handle, like the, the pick room we, did, we were discussing. Yeah. So that was a big, big improvement for it. So Austin, this is this is a family affair then. So the inventor is John, your dad. Mm -hmm. uh, you you're involved. Your mom is involved, and mm -hmm. you all have formed your own your own work group, your own corporation. Yeah. And. I mean, holy cow, you've taken, you've taken the, the proverbial idea and you've made a worldwide uh, respected product out of it. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, um, I, I appreciate you saying that. It's, uh, it's, you know, Peter Thiel wrote a book called Zero to One. Um, and the idea basically is it goes from zero being something that's on a, a whiteboard or on a cocktail napkin to one being an actual product that, uh, that people, you know, want, need and desire. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been interesting to see that, that growth. Uh, I was just in the UK this, uh, this September at the APF show, which is, um, kind of their version of the TCI expo. I'd say it'd be comparable to that. Just massive show that was, was over in, in the UK that we were, uh, with our partners, Sorbus International at, uh, selling Logox and, and just the, the feedback. Um, you know, it's every time I love going, I love going to shows. Um, I, I especially love going to this one because usually I'll, I'll go to shows and people have at least seen it. They've seen maybe seen it on YouTube or something, but people were blown away by it in the UK because they just they'd never seen anything that was like it before. <laughs> and, they, they, and they don't use and they don't really use timber jacks or, or cant hooks over there. The, the primary thing that people in Europe use uh, are these felling levers, which I, I mean I think there's some utility of that here, and that may be a, that may be an idea uh, a little bit down the road. But um, basically, a, a felling lever for people who aren't familiar with it is kind of what it sounds like. It's like, like a giant you know, 30 or so inch long metal spatula that has a tiny little hook that sort of kind of resembles a cant hook. And, uh, you know, so the, the tree starts to, you know, starts to lean and they'll just take it and kind of pry the tree into position or they'll use the, the little hook to try to roll it. And they'll use the, they'll use that same hook and they'll use it kind of like a cant hook to, to roll the, the, you know, the trees that are down the logs. And, uh, and when I showed them our cant hook and, and, you know, how much, you know, compare the two side by side, how much more leverage you're going to get, how much easier it is, what a more robust tool it is. And then also show them the timber jack where it's like, hey, this, you know, this five to 12, 13 inch 
diameter stuff that you're you're kind of risking your chain to you know, running it into the ground, pinching your bar. You can just prop this thing off the ground and just hot saw your way through it. They were just they were amazed by it. Um, mm. And we we sold we sold a bunch. We it, it happened to be happened to be going on right at the exact same time as the pound crisis. I don't know if you guys remember that from the fall, uh, where the, the pound just absolutely plummeted. And uh, there was a massive financial crisis going on <laughs> at the exact same time, um, but we still sold a bunch of them there, and, and uh, uh, it was it was great. That was our first show overseas. But but yeah, to your to your point, Joe, it has uh, become an international brand, and we do sell around the world. Um, awesome. And uh, yeah. Well, how many how many countries have you has the Logox been sold to? Um, individually it's hard to say um you know we've sold onesie twosies to to basically every country in europe uh, at this point we sold some randomly in, in south america and even a couple in in, in africa we've uh, we've sold we did a three-in-one um kind of a kickstarter in japan actually there was uh, some entrepreneurs who brought it on for uh, a kickstarter uh, campaign it did pretty well with that um on, on sort of their version of kickstarter called makeki um and so we've but we've also we actually sell a lot to uh to australia uh and people there pay almost as much for the shipping as they do for the actual tool itself oh wow um, uh, yeah it's uh it's yeah it's it's still uh <laughs> still pretty impressive because they watch a lot of the you know watch a lot of the american youtube stuff so they see this stuff um and they recognize the value of it it's got it you know the thing about it is it's got a lifetime guarantee you know it's really you're replacing uh with with the tool the tool uh you know runs at 229 retail but you're really replacing $300, $350 worth of, of different tools. And not only that, but you're also consolidating it into one bag that you're carrying with you. Um, and what's, what's sort of unique about, about it as a cant hook or as a, as a timber jack, I think really is it goes down to the, the, first of all, what it's made of. You know, it's, it's made out of really high-grade American steel um, that we powder coat. So it's, it's weather protected. It's built to last a lifetime. We get a lifetime guarantee on it. Um, but the hook in and of itself was something that we had to, to design. And we, we, if you look at our hook, it's a little bit different. You, typically, you'll see the duckbill style rounded uh, belly uh, hook that, that most cant hooks or PBs look yeah. like if you, yeah. you look at a typical one, right? Ours is a little bit of a, uh, of a right angle to it. And, and part of that allows it to, when you're, you're using it for the hauler, to be able to dig into the log. And also the tip of it's very, very sharp. Uh, people ask us what that little hole is. Um, you probably seen it at the, at the top of the the hook, and that what that hole is actually is um, it's a manufacturing process. So every time we we laser cut the hooks, uh, and we precision grind them with three different angles, so the geometry there uh, lends itself to being very sharp and strong. Um, it's locked into that position, and we're able to grind it pr very precisely every single time. So that's that's so it's a sort of a manufacturing. But but in and of that, it, it creates a hook. And then the toe, as you see, is um, you know sort of like a chisel, so it's it's very aggressive as well. And we had to do that because we had to make sure that it would dig into the pulp of the wood when you're using it as a hauler. Um, so you you know you're picking up a 50, 60 yep. pound block, block of wood. You don't want that to slip. So you have the the mechanical you know leverage of the tool in and of itself. But then you know you can't just rely on that. So you have to have a very aggressive toe and hook. Um, and so what that does is it makes it a great cant hook. Uh, whereas some can hooks, you know, there's, there isn't even really a toe. It just sort of relies on gravity, running it in, you know, holding it against the tip of the hook. Uh, right. and the, hook, yep. the, hooks are, the hooks are a little bit wobbly and, you know, they're, they're not really that sharp. And so, you know, um, especially some of the imported stuff that's out there, which is, is just God awful. So, um, between the, the strength of the, <laughs> of the, of the body itself, uh, and then also the, uh, the hook and the, the toe it's one of these things where it's also a great can hook it even if you were just to take out the whole hauler aspect which is the unique patented sort of part of it uh take away the fact that you can fit three tools into a bag and carry that with you so you're not taking a bunch of stuff with you if you were just go pound for pound against a 42 inch you know similar can hook um i would i would definitely do that any single time um because you know yeah, sometimes totally you, agree yeah yeah because because sometimes you because sometimes you'll get people who are like oh well hey it's a it's a jack of all trades so therefore it must be a master of none but it, it's Again, I, I would take I would put it pound for pound against any other similar size length can hook that's that's out there. Yeah, yeah. How many so how many log oxes are out there in the world? How many have you have you sold? Millions uh, and millions and millions. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're up to about twenty thousand or so that are out there in the in the world. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. Just just rough 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 estimate. Yeah. I know that, like when I first showed 
the log ox to my dad. He saw it and he was like, ah, you know what? What is this? You know, really? And, but then the moment I had him use it, he was instantly sold. And so Mm -hmm. is that kind of the response you get when you go to these trade shows or like overseas is like people see it, but they're not quite sure what it can really do. But then once they like pick up that first round with it, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. And that's why I think we do, we do so well at these trade shows and, and why, um, when we started at, so it's the, you know, not bragging, but it's, it is the, the best rated, um, and, and one of the best selling, it varies by the day, uh, forestry tools, pan tools of its kind on Amazon, um, by, by far the best rated over 2000 reviews average about 4.8 stars for it. Right. So, um, but we really saw a big uptick in the, in the sales when we were able to add a video to it. Uh, cause the, the description, yeah, people read the description, but like when you sort of see it, um, it just intuitively makes a lot of sense about what that will do to, to really benefit you. Uh, and then when you see it at a trade show and you're able to get hands on and use it yourself, um, you know, that's, you, it's, it's game over at that point. Cause it's like, okay, well, where do I, you know, where do I get one of these? Um, and, uh, and that's always really rewarding. What's even more rewarding honestly, Dan, is when, you know, somebody who's bought one the year before previously comes up to us and, and says, you know, to us, like, Hey, thank you. Like this has changed the way that I, I process firewood. This has added years of longevity to a thing that I, you know, I love to do some people mm-hmm. I need to do. Um, and that's what's really, you know, honestly really rewarding to us is this sort of those, those two different kind of customers around to somebody's never seen it before and somebody who has and have used it and, and come back and tell you about it. And, that, and that's, that's why I love going to shows and, um, and, you know, I have no plans of stopping. We've got some coming up this year that we're going to be going to. What is in the future uh, for the sales of the Log Ox? And I don't mean like any other new products that you might come out with, but like the, the four-in-one tool, the Log Ox that we all know and love. Um, is it, do you project future growth where it's just going to become more and more visible and um, become that that go-to tool uh, for anyone that's you know that works with with trees yeah i I certainly think it should um you know i think that the part of having a having a company whether you're whether you're selling firewood whether you're selling a product whatever it is you have to have just sort of this this deep and abiding belief that your product is what's going to help people and do it better than other products that are on the market and and if you don't you need to make it so that it is uh and you know and if and if it isn't uh then, then what are you even doing you know so we in 2022 or no, sorry in 2021 realized that there were some limitations to the product that that we had that from different feedback that we've received everything from our, our customers obviously giving us feedback to youtube videos review videos youtube comments uh things we'd seen just a, a variety of different feedback we're sort of uh you know this idea of just continual and never-ending improvement right so we took we took these these different ideas and you know as we were sort of sitting around we 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 basically were to boil them down to five key improvements for the for the tool and one was hey let's get let's get a longer handle for this let's give it more leverage because it's 38 inches so we we tried hey let's bring this out to 60 inches let's try to bring it out to 48 inches um we we played with all those different things and what we found was that it, if, you, if it's too long of a handle, right, that there may be a slight deflection uh, with it because of the, the um, you know, the diameter of the steel that you're using. If you go too large in the diameter, if you look at a lot of can hooks that are out there, you're going to notice that like a 60-inch uh, one is, is going to be a larger diameter uh, than, than what ours currently is, right, yep. uh, when they're using aluminum. So uh, and it's also going to be a lot heavier. So what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to change the diameter of the steel because then that sort of defeats the purpose of the hauler. We want the hauler to be as lightweight as possible. Um, for, for lifting logs and a log splitter for yarding stuff out. So we eventually settled at 40. So we got up to 40 inches, which is sort of a standard medium, 40, 42 inches, a standard medium size can't hook for the industry. And we put it at that. Um, the other thing was the pins. People didn't really like the fact that they were, you know, two part pins, um, you know, that were there, even though there are only three of them uh, total, which is the handle to the hauler and then the two pins for the timber jack. People didn't, didn't like those. Mm-hmm. We didn't, we didn't really like this. We've been actually looking for a long time for a replacement. Um, but then we came across this uh, this swing lock design that was out there. Um, it is used in a variety of different industries. We found that we added that to it. Uh, so now we have these three swing lock pins. You can even with a you know set of gloves on, you can you can change the stuff out pretty quickly. Um, and then the other thing we added to it as well was the uh, it used to be a four inch handle, the cross handle. Uh, we moved that out to four and a half inches. Um, ah. And 
And so now for for folks with larger hands and, and for people using gloves, it's just just a little bit more that you can really get get into that. So we made that just a little bit wider. Um, and, um, you know, and then we, you know, the other thing too we did was the, the, uh, the hook, right? So the hook used to be black. The whole thing, is, as you know, is, is orange. Um, and we had some folks who were said, hey, do you sell replacement hooks? And we had, oh, okay, why did it bend? Did it break? What happened? Like, no, I hit it with my chainsaw. And so, you know, your initial reaction is like, how did you do that? It seems kind of silly. But, you know, we sort of put ourselves in the shoes of our, of our, our customers and, and actually even called some of these people up and, and just asked, like, hey, can you explain, like, what happened? You know, like, uh, when usually the answer was like, well, you know, it was kind of low light. Hey, I was rushing. Hey, you know, and, and the black, you know, in all honesty, with, with a dark, uh, dark bark, it kind of blends in a little bit, right? So anyway, so we're like, well, hey, why don't we just fix this for everybody and make it orange? Uh, so we yeah. just changed it to an orange. We powder coated it orange instead of black, and so now it, it stands out better. Um, oh, wow. You know, because because we have a lot of we have a lot of folks who are using this for um, for storm uh, people in our the sort of B two B space. That's the other that's the other kind of element to this is we're selling this to a lot of professional arborists, uh, people who are cleaning up after storms, and um, you know it's not always the best weather out there, and they're working quickly. So we wanted to just add add that little touch to it to, to change that and make that even better, and then um, you know and then finally it was the uh, the the Bigfoot Timberjack attachment. And so with the Bigfoot Timberjack attachment, we had gotten feedback and we'd seen it ourselves and we were, you know, we were using this ourselves. So we'd also noticed that it kind of sinks into the, the softer ground. And yeah. also we, we, we use it for, for skidding, for you know, dragging logs. So we thought to ourselves, okay, well, how can, we, how can we take what we currently have, which is like everybody else, just a little tubular steel, right? Um, how can we make that better? Because as we're in the process of making this better. And so what we came up with, and, and John and I both worked this out uh, for, through some different designs, is, um, is basically, it's like a ski tip. Uh, the, or so, you know, basically, you know how a ski flips up at the end? Uh, so you, yeah. you know, ski down, <clears throat> ski down a hill. Well, so we created, a, we created a curve on the front of this and just basically a, you know, a couple inches of plate steel. So now you've got three times more ground uh, coverage as the as the previous one had, and then you also have it flip up uh, in the front of it, and what that allows you to do is kind of rock it back. So it creates sort of this rock. So when you're when you're initially rocking the the tool back to get it set up as a timber jack, if you want to buck something right then and there, uh, it's it's handy for that because you can just kind of roll it back easily. But then when you sort of have it on that edge, that curved edge, it's easy to just drag it along. So there isn't that much con connection with the ground. Uh, especially if you're on, um, you know, if you're on a road or or some kind of packed hard area, we're trying to just you know do storm uh, clearance. Yeah. So then also, and and then also the benefit of that is it doesn't you know uh, sink into the soft ground as easily because you've got more more ground coverage when you need it. So, um, and we got that. We that's actually patent pending. There's nothing else that's really like that out there. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All these all these improvements you've made makes me want to get another one. Mine, my, I need some, I need some of those things on there, especially that bigger handle. That really is intriguing. I was just going to quick ask: is so is orange the only color available, right? Yeah, yeah. it would kind of like kind of like Henry Ford. You know, have any any color Model T as long as it's black. Yeah. And then, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we, the orange is orange is our our color. Uh huh. It just seemed like I don't know, maybe like a pink one. You know, or lime color or something like like, like a pink, like a pink ladies' glock kind of thing. Like, yeah, um, you know. So I use the log. That's the time ox. for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I use the log ox, and I agree about the one critique. Okay, now I think it's a dynamite tool. T totally loved it. Where I would have recommended improvement was those pins, and it wasn't the pin itself, but the the cotter pin, you know, to get right. it. And wearing yeah. gloves, you're in the, usually yeah. in the cold weather, yeah. and then if you were to drop one, I had mm. thought of like you know like a little <laughs> magnet on the side of it, you know, so that or that they could stick to while you're while you're fumbling with it. But yeah. I, um, yeah, I did, I, and I just. I let me interrupt you, but to Dan, to, to your initial point, we do sell uh, like an upgrade package. So obviously the new ones, they all have the, these, but we have to sell an upgrade package, the longer handle, the timber jack, and then the pins, the new pins. Mm -hmm. And Joe, to your point, we, we do sell just the pins too nice. um, as well. Oh, wow. So we, and we made, and we made everything just like we make everything, you know, modular and, and interchangeable in our, in our own, uh, in the, the tool itself. We made this so that all of the, this new version of it would fit the previous one. So no one has to go mm -hmm. out and buy an entirely new log ox unless they want to. Like say, you get I the longer, that, you get the get the wider handle, like you were like you were saying, Dan. 
I had found something ironic about the Logox too, you know, because I don't know, Dan, don't you think it, me and Dan are the end user here. The thing that gets your attention is, you know, is the hook and picking the logs up off of the ground, right? That's what I think of. I mean, that's what I think people think of when they think of the Logox, but what I found to be really good and what I probably would use the most is the timber jack. That really mm -hmm. works. You know, just mm -hmm. think about all the times you've run your tip into the ground, you know, or you got pinched and just using something simple as that. I had never used anything like that before. And when I was demonstrating it, I, I uh, had it on my channel and I did a video about it and it was very well received, but that's the one I liked was that timber jack. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, and in fact, that's something that I'd say gets some of the most attention at the shows is we always have uh, a log that's propped up with a timber jack. And mm -hmm. we do that because people will stop by and say, what the heck is that thing? You know, it's not something, these tools have been in, you know, in the timber industry, logging industry, kind of, you know, niche, you know, niche stores, right. That the people who are really involved with it know about, but uh, you know, you're not going to see us at like a home Depot. Um, although we do sell it online through the home Depot now, but mm -hmm. your typical hardware store is not going to, is going to having a timber jack or something, for instance, but you're absolutely right. Um, you know, and I point out to people that, you know, not only are you not going to, you're going to save time in a multiple different ways, one is you're going to be able to basically hot saw your way through that uh, as fast as you can go, and you're not going to slow down to stop and before you hit the ground. Now, because no matter how good of a sawyer you are, you still have to slow down and you have to adjust how you're doing that. So that's going to save you time. You're not going to obviously waste time if you do hit your run your chain to the ground, having to sit there and field resharpen it. You know, like <laughs> doing one of those for <laughs> for an hour, or or change out your your chain or break it or anything like that. Um, and then you, you're going to also, you're going to save fatigue. You're going to save mental fatigue. I don't think people sort of realize that it's like when you're doing this, you're, you're just very, just absolutely, you know, focused on, is this going to hit? And it's kind of like that cringe factor. And you, you don't really have that with a, with a, a timber jack because you've got so much ground clearance between it that you're able to just sort of casually make those cuts. And then I tell people, don't, you don't necessarily have to reposition it once you get to the end, the obvious, the obvious end. What I tell people to do is just, you know, make your cuts sort of just like you over the cant hook, right? Make it three quarters of the way through, down the length of the rest of the log, and then just roll it over and, and cut the, those back pieces, and it'll work the same way. And, and people and people ask me about, okay, well, hey, how, how much of a log can you hoist up off the ground with this thing? And I say, like, well, how big a boy are you? <laughs> you know, but um, but no, in all seriousness, it's it's uh, it's a lot easier once it gets over by 12, 13 inches or so, not to fight with gravity. Just use the can hook, make your cuts three quarters of the way through down, you know, stove length cuts down the length of the log and then just roll it over and finish up your cuts. And it's, it's just as easy and almost as fast as using the timber jack, to be honest. Sure. Yeah. What, what, what size, what's like the smallest for picking up rounds? What's the smallest that you can comfortably grab with that thing? Is it probably like what, eight inches maybe? The, I'd say the smallest that you can, you can do it with is probably around like four ish inches. We can pick up some some fairly small stuff. Okay, so um, but we are we're working on something for that. We're working so, on a different tool for that. So guys that I'm run Husqvarna saws, up. yeah. So the guys that I run the Husqvarna right. saws can still pick up their rounds. Listen to you. <laughs> I I was picking up Doctor. I was picking up Doctor Pepper cans with my log ox on my video. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah. yeah, it's got it's a multi-purpose tool. So Austin, let me get this right. the The log ox was invented in America. Mm -hmm. It was designed in America. You use American steel. Mm -hmm. You it is manufactured and assembled in the United States, and the the company is 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 an american company is that right yes sir yeah i i just think that that is um that's that's just uh i don't know dan i think we've picked a uh, a heck of a person for our very first interview don't you think yes i agree a heck of a person a heck of a company uh, yeah, but I, austin i, I know that, yeah. yeah so austin let um you, we've learned a lot about the tool. Let's learn a little bit about you. All right. So I notice you, you have a wedding band on. You're married. Is that right? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm married with uh, with two kids. No kidding. And where do you where do you guys live at? Up in uh, in New Hampshire. All right. Is that where you grew up in New Hampshire? 
Uh, first 10 years of my life. Yeah. Uh, and then I moved over to Vermont across the river and, and grew up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really long way. to move, huh? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, always blessed to be in, uh, in wooded areas. Um, and, uh, you know, firewood was a really a, a big part of, of growing up. Um, you know, I, I just have a lot of, of great memories of, you know, being with my family, uh, and, and harvesting firewood. Um, it was just something that always sort of brought us together. And then you, you, afterwards you just sit around and enjoy the fruits of your labor on a cold night in, in New England, uh, which, which do get pretty, pretty darn cold. So, yeah, uh, really. and this, this business is kind of an extension of that to be honest with you. Yeah. And that was a family affair then for you guys you mentioned about your early childhood memories with, uh, all, you know, getting the wood in for the, for the season. Yeah, yeah. So we had a you know a tractor and a, a, a little you know trailer that we would fill up, and um, you know usually like I said we'd go out and, and scout the the down trees, and then uh, you know come fall time buck them up completely, and usually process them right where they stood, and uh, load up the cart and bring it back in and go stack it. Um, you know, the other products I, I sort of forgot to mention is we're not just a, uh, a forestry tool company anymore. We, we've grown out since really since 2018. Um, 2019 when we introduced the Woodox Sling. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that, but um, you know, John kind of going back to the drawing board, same idea. You know, I was that was my and my sister's chore bringing <laughs> bringing the logs <laughs> up from the basement up a flight of stairs, and now he had to do that. Uh, and uh, you know, the bag that we that we used to use for that was just a, a typical canvas bag with two handles, and of course, that puts a lot of weight. You know, on your wrist, it puts a lot of weight in your, your arm, your shoulder drag creates a uh, drags your spine out of alignment um, and, uh, you know, bounces off your leg. I'm not sure if you guys bring in firewood, you know exactly what I'm talking about, especially when sure. you're going upstairs and, and moving around stuff. So what John created was he uh, he created a thing called a thing called the Woodox Sling. And what that is essentially is it's a um, uh, if I was to describe it for your podcast here for people who can't see it, the uh, essentially a strap that goes over your shoulder, which is attached uh, to sort of a U shape. Uh, canvas that one arm, your your opposite arm goes through a, a hole in it, and that you put the the logs, the, uh, the split pieces directly under your arm, and fill that fill that canvas bag up, and you can really fill up about as much as you could with a, a large size bag. Um, but what that does, what that strap that goes across your body does, is it, it transfers the weight of the wood, uh, and it allows your spine to be straight. So the weight of the wood is, is transferred across your body, and the rest of the weight sits on your hip, kind of like a messenger bag, if you will. Uh, and that other arm, there really isn't much weight on that arm. It just sort of locks it in place and rests on mm. top of the firewood. And, and, and oddly, it seems like the more firewood you put in there after a certain point, the, the better it actually works. So you load that thing up and you're able to walk with it. And, um, you know, similar to what we did with, uh, with Fairfield University, where we, we gave Fairfield University a log ox hauler and said, hey, can you guys, um, you know, use uh, uh, EMG technology uh, to be able to tell us how how much uh, less strain this actually puts on your back compared to picking up a log round off the ground uh, and, and also walking with the log round uh, onto what would be the height of a, a log splitter. Can you guys be able to quantify that for us and, and do an ergonomic study? So the, the Fairfield University School of Engineering did that for us in the log ox and they found a 93% reduction in back strain uh, picking up a log round and putting compared to putting it on onto wow. a splitter with, with your hands. They found a 70, 76% reduction in arm strain um, we're doing that. And then they also found, I, I, which I thought was the most interesting part of this, that 89% reduction in quadriceps training your legs uh, when you're walking with it by your side comparing, compared to holding it in front of you. What's, what's nice about that is with it by your side, you can see sort of everything in front of you and you're, yep. you're a lot more upright. So with the Woodock Sling, we did the same thing with, uh, with Fanshawe College up in Canada. And we asked them, hey, could you guys you know, just test and, and quantify and, and prove our kind of anecdotal claims here that we get from people uh, who have used it, that this is really a back saver. And they found... Um, you know, a fifty a fifty four percent reduction in, in L four L five vertebrae compression uh, when using it compared to using a, a bag, meaning that your your spine isn't getting compressed by the weight of that wood because it's nicely distributed. Um, and they wow. they presented that at, at an ergonomic conference down in Orlando this year. Um, so you know, we try to do that with with all of our products. Is take and I'm sure you're seeing a trend here. <laughs> is, <Yep. laughs> is take, take something that take something that's that's out there that that we use ourselves. And like, how do we, how, if we can make this, make this better, make it markedly better, uh, and then make it right here in the United States. We make the, uh, the Woodock Sling in North Carolina, the same place we make our bags as well. Um, and then we also came up with a, uh, John, this is John's, uh, brainchild too, is the, uh, the, the hearth bed, which is an adjustable firewood rack. So it's, it's basically a, a, a rack or it's basically a, a platform 
that picture sort of a you know a, a box looking platform that has a space for the sling to go underneath it but then there's two side panels uh that sort of fold outward uh at a 45 degree angle well what's nice about that is that it can fit because they they can move independently that back panel can move and go flat right against your your, your fireplace your hearth there next to, to the fireplace so when you're staging firewood for the evening um you know keep the fire going it you know it can it can fit onto that narrow hearth and you fit a lot of wood there and the other the other panel kind of goes out forward into the room or it can be standalone if you've got like a franklin stove or something it can be standalone right there by your, your stove so yeah that yeah the, the big thing i found is just the the back saving strain and and the other thing though is after the first uh summer of using it i always used my one right arm and so my arm was like twice the size of my left arm <laughs> So that's why I need to get like two of them so I can do, you know, a dual, like almost like lifting weights, you know, get like a workout full body. That's, that's what I There you go. Yeah. There you go. Now we've definitely had people buy, buy a three in one and also buy a hauler and presumably for that purpose. And then, uh, and then like I was describing earlier, you could do the same thing kind of with a picaroon and then just swap out, swap hands, uh, and do that with a picaroon for yarding it. But yeah. So I want to remind everyone, we are talking with Austin Roberts. He is the co-founder and general manager of Logox, everyone's favorite forestry tool. Uh, Dan and I both have used that, uh, that tool on our, on our YouTube channels. And we know that, you know, it's earned its, uh, it's earned its stripes out there in, in the real world because it's obviously working in an industry that requires <laughs> Yeah, for a tool to work because the good gets uh, separated from the bad pretty quick. Real quick. Yeah. So Austin, I'm just curious. So you graduated high school and then did you, you went right into the army or did you go to college or, you know, tell us more about your background. Yeah, no, I I got actually recruited to play soccer. Um, I I applied to to three colleges. I applied to West Point, I applied to Annapolis, and then I applied to Norwich. Um, And, uh, didn't get into uh, into any of the service academies, but uh, I got recruited to play soccer up at Norwich, uh, and so I was in the the core cadets up there for two years, um, and then I uh, sophomore year um, ended up doing a semester uh, in Washington D.C. and I was doing my ROTC over at Georgetown, uh, and this is like 2006, so you got war in Iraq, Afghanistan, kind of both raging at the same time, and it just turns out they had a they had a surplus of. ROTC scholarships for some reason <laughs> they, uh-huh. that they they had lying around and they said hey if you can get into either Georgetown or, or George Washington uh, University we'll we'll give you one of these full boat you know ROTC scholarships and so um, even though it broke my heart to stop playing soccer um, I, yeah. I got into <laughs> I got into I got into both Georgetown and, and GW and, and ended up going to Georgetown where I met my wife and uh, I started rowing I rode crew instead there I ended up doing that so I was able to stay a, a varsity athlete. Uh, and wrote right. the last uh, two and a half years that I was there. So there you go. Oh, yeah. And then I graduated. I graduated from from there and uh, uh, commissioned directly into the uh, the army as a field artillery second lieutenant. So did your military training um, prepare you for your private sector, uh, your private sector work? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. So when I was in, I, I think that. Um, and when you talk with, with anybody who is sort of part of the whole global war on terrorism, which was uh, a sort of an exercise in ad hocery, especially if you're a company grade officers who were, you know, dropped into these areas and said, hey, we need you to be a little bit of everything and figure it out as you go. And in a way, it's a little bit analogous to, to being an entrepreneur and, um, and trying to figure that out you know, for, for the, the company grade officers and NCOs that, you know, day in and day out, like when I was in Afghanistan, you know, we in in the field artillery schoolhouse, you know, learned a lot about lethal effects, which is going to be your, you know, what people think of with the field artillery, lobbing high explosives uh, at the enemy. But there's also something called non-lethal effects, and uh, and that was sort of a nebulous term that was included everything from, um, you know, humanitarian aid to you know informational uh, operations, IO as they called it, to doing intelligence support for a rifle company. So when I, when I found out where I got to, uh, to 187, uh, infantry, which is the infantry regiment and then, uh, a rifle company that I was assigned to there when I was at Teth Mountain, my first deployment, uh, when I went to Afghanistan, uh, I found myself as a, what we call a fire, a fire support officer. Uh, and all, along with my, my typical duties of coordinating, um, you know, indirect and indirect fire, and then also, uh, close air support. 
I also was assigned a whole bunch of different tasks of, of hey, you're going to be in charge of this thing called the, the SERP, which is the Commander's Emergency Relief Program. So you're going to be out there building <laughs> walls for girls' schools and wells and doing humanitarian aid type missions and stuff and figuring that out. Then you're also going to be the company intelligence support team guy who's you're going to be in charge of uh, doing different uh, things to support, uh, you know, intel collection, uh, other elements that, uh, you know, that we need to have done for the, the company here in terms of, um, you know, working with the working with the S2 and, and, you know, bringing all the information that's coming from outside the company and then utilizing that on our missions. And then, you know, also you're going to be working, doing some IO stuff, some information stuff to try to tie that all together so that the Afghans know and appreciate the things that we're doing here for their country. So it was, <laughs> and it sounded like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll have to figure this out. So I had, I, fortunately I had some, I had some awesome NCOs and, 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 uh, you know, other uh, comrades there that, uh, were able to help me out along the way, but I, I learned a lot from that process of just sort of figuring things out as I went um, that I didn't necessarily train for. You know, I don't, I don't have a business degree. I don't really have a business background. I was a, I was a you know, government major at Georgetown, uh, political science, if you will. So I, I don't have that sort of background, but um, I think that uh, my, my time in the military was trying to figure out how to assemble the right teams of people and then complete whatever that mission is and, and just sort of figure it out as you go. Uh, and I think that there's a great benefit of, of working with veterans and, and hiring veterans who also have that kind of experience uh, because that's what they bring to the table. And it's, it's sort of a, these soft skills that you, I don't, I don't know where else you can really jam that much into a, into a, you know, a 20 year old's head, uh, you know, the kind of responsibility that, that you have for, for millions of dollars worth of equipment. And then also, you know, the most important thing, which is the, you know, the lives of America's sons and daughters. So, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a, you know, definitely a, a formative experience in my life that I think it's helped me in business as well. Excellent. So is, is that, is that kind of then sum up the, uh, advice or like, do you have any other pointers for somebody starting out on a business, what they might do to, to take, you know, like something like you had like a product or an idea and launch it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff involved with that. I think that, that part of it is having a niche that you've identified that you really love. Um, because doing that and, and loving what you do is going to keep you going when a normal, sane, rational person would have quit a long time ago. <laughs> and I think that that, that also, it, it, you know, that's part of it. But also, too, is that um, you have to have the kind of understanding of the product itself and, and what exactly would make it better. I don't think that the innovation happens around a boardroom table. I think it happens when people are actually using the product um and have a, a sort of a, a deep understanding of what the pain points are for themselves and thus for potential customers and i think that's where we've, we've really excelled as a company is the fact that we we use these uh products ourselves and we're constantly improving them based on first of all com customer feedback but then also us using it and trying different things and saying hey how can we make this better and that's one of the i I'll say that's one of the most fun things um you know about the job is that when there is something that that we identify that is an issue, then we have full autonomy to make it better. Um, and I think if you're a company, if you're start out, uh, start out, you've identified something you want to do, you you know address that with with a lot of passion, and then also continually think and, and empathize with your customers and think of ways to make them better and continue to evolve that way. Um, then you provide a, you know you're providing a service. You know you're not just creating a company to to enrich yourself or um, you know, or just to have a, a company and say you're the, the CEO of some company, you're, you're actually providing a service that's going to help people with what they do. Uh, and in return, you know, I think the, the free market rewards that generally. Yeah. I would imagine that any family ran business, you know, everyone has their job to do, but you probably at the end of the day, you work from that wall to that wall and from that wall to that wall, you probably do everything and anything. But is there something with Logox that you uh, find the most enjoyable or that you feel that you bring the most value to the team? Yeah, so I, I do a lot of our, our sales and marketing stuff. Um, that's kind of my lane as well as the, the business development side of things. Um, always, you know, trying to find different ways to, to reach out uh, and get our product in front of folks. Um, has, it really is it's kind of a, a daily you know, activity that I like doing because it, it allows me to sort of be creative. Um, you know, when we first initially started off, it was uh, looking at, we, we bootstrapped the whole thing. Um, you know, we didn't take, do, do rounds of funding or anything like that. 
Um, you know, we, we bootstrapped it essentially from our own savings and, and basically grew it over the course of 2017 from, um, you know, a, a sort of a concept to, to an actually uh, a profitable, sustainable business. And, uh, you know, a big part of the way that, that we did that initially was to get it in, get it in the hands of folks like you um, and get it out there and get people talking about it and, um, and putting it on, putting it on YouTube, building our social media, um, you know, encouraging people to, to spread it via word of mouth. and and that you know and i i i you know basically manage our different marketing um you know companies that we work with and some some that we've we've expanded that out and, and obviously uh brought on some more folks to help us there uh which i which i manage now but just the idea of how could we get this in front of more people how could we now we're looking at expanding globally how could we get this uh in front of uh of different audiences around the world um to me that's always interesting and i was like a challenge and uh and that's that's continued especially in, in 2023, as things are rapidly evolving, things are changing, especially in the social media space. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be on basically everything but TikTok. That, you know, that's, that's basically, <laughs> you don't like TikTok. That's basically that's basically Chinese malware. I'm sorry if I'm, <laughs> if, if I'm bursting anybody's bubble here, but that's uh, that's looking through, that's looking through all the contents of your phone and wiring it right back to Beijing. <laughs> yep, more than like more than likely. So. Um, <laughs> You know, but but we but we do experiment, and every single different social media is uh, is different. You know, so we we tried, you know, some stuff on Pinterest and some stuff on Instagram, and you know, and that's what I like doing is I like trying to, to figure out different ways of, of getting out there. Because again, it goes back to what I was saying is that you know I have a, a, a deep belief that what we have is for anybody who's doing this kind of work uh, is the best thing that they could have, that they could the best kind of tool that they could be using, <clears throat> and I want to share that with them um, and and get that word out there. Uh, because I think it, it really is a, not a game changer. It's a, it's a life changer, especially for people mm -hmm. who have back issues. Now, we, um, Agribility, you know, uh, is a company or is a, sorry, I should say a nonprofit uh, based out of Purdue University that they added both the three-in-one uh, forcing multi-tool and also the Woodlock Sling uh, to what they call the toolkit or the toolbox. And it's a, and, and the, the, the uh, nonprofit is basically there to try to help people in the agricultural space who have physical limitations and disabilities. And so when they added those two products uh, to their, their toolbox of recommended products for people with, with strength and, and other uh, physical issues, uh, that was a really proud day for me because like this, it really uh, just kind of confirmed to me that you know, what, what we're seeing and what our customers are seeing and re relaying back to us and what, you know, the Fairfield University study shows uh, with with their uh, empirical evidence of that, that the the tool really is a game changer for people, uh, and is going to help make their their lives better by being able to do this kind of work with a lot less pain. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there's just a lot, just that awareness of, you know, I know it's you know forestry, firewood, you think of that, but I think like you're onto something there where you're like talking about the storm damage or even like tree removal, arborists like dragging branches to the chipper. Like yep. that, I mean, that's when I've been on job sites with my uh, urban logger friend. That's what I use it for. Just grabbing the, the bigger base of the trees and branches yeah. and just dragging them. You know, it's it's a great tool. So where, so where's the, yeah. you, you yeah, said. Real quick, oh, to, oh. To, that, to that point, yeah, no, real, real quick. The, the thing that really I think stands out in for our B2B customers, for our tree service customers, is the fact that you've got so much versatility. You know that that hauler totally replaces kind of any kind of hand tongs or anything out there. It's got a lot more versatility than that. But then it fits inside a thirty-inch bag, and that they can just stow and, and yep. forget about it until they actually need it, and they can bring it anywhere with them. And so if you've got sort of a, a tight, you know, uh, backyard or someplace where you really can't get that kind of machinery in, but by gosh, you have to you know move that stuff out of there, whether you're you're bucking it up and then putting it on the carts or whatever. That tool is gonna is gonna help, and it's gonna you know save backs, bars, and chains um, of your of your workforce which really is a huge investment. Of course, you want to keep your workforce healthy. And if you look at the, the washout rate of when people tend to leave the tree service, when it's hard enough to find people to work in it anyway, uh, you want to keep those guys and gals as healthy as possible. So it's it's really kind of an investment uh, when you think about it into the longevity of your workforce. Yep. Yeah, totally. And you, and you had mentioned just earlier, quick, uh, just real quick. So logox.com, I think is that's your your site. Uh, the logox. The logox.com. The logox, the logox yeah. We'll have links in descriptions and all that stuff here too. But you had mentioned, I think you said Home Depot, it's available like on their online store, right? Yeah, Home Home Depot, Lowe's, um, Tractor Supply Company, about 30 different retailers, uh, 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to name off a bunch because I'm sure I'll miss them. But we have a we have a link uh, on our website for all of our retailers um, that are that are authorized dealers. I know a lot of people get, uh, you know, they get Home Depot, you know, cards and stuff like that. that's why we bring it up. You know, gift cards and stuff they want to use. So um, more than happy to tell them where where they can find that there. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's you know, it's been great online and. Um, and you know we really appreciate all the the folks that have worked with us and uh as we're starting to you know move overseas as well bring bring the tool there we've we've expanded some other folks um you know in, in england and uh in norway and estonia and, and also canada now so and we're working on more so <laughs> hang on it's coming <laughs> nice I, I'm, I'm looking i'm looking at you australia i i can't you know you're so many emails. Like, come on mate when you bring this down here in australia we're, we're working on it <laughs> you want to send us an email with a recommendation for a good store we should work with I'm, I'm all ears there we go so that is um uh that is a great story austin it is you know just from the grassroots up it's just a success story and i think it's just awesome for you and your family and for the industry because it's provided a a um a, a paradigm shift, you know, a change in the way that um, we go out into the woods uh, to bring home, bring home firewood or to clear land. I think it's just a great, a great, um, a great thing. No, I appreciate you saying that, Joe. Thanks. Dan, I think it's time that maybe we let Austin head on out of here. We've kept them for a pretty long time um, talking about the log ox. Yes, I, I agree. I think, I think it's time to probably wrap this up. And well, before we do, though, we're going to start a new segment of the Woodhounds podcast, and it is called Woodhounded. <laughs> so, Austin, you are going to get Austin, you are going to get Woodhounded here All right. uh, for Ooh. a rapid a rapid fire question and answer session. All right, we're going to ask you a question. You're going to just give us the first answer that pops into your head. There's going to be ten questions. You're going to be on the clock, and the objective is you got to get all these answered before you run out of time. Do you think you can do this? All right, let's give it a shot. All right, so <laughs> here we go. Dan, do you want to ask the first question? Yes. And I, you can start the clock. Yep, I'll start, and all right, are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on. All right, here we go. Left-handed or right-handed? Left-handed. Your favorite throw fast... Throw a football, everything else, uh, right-handed by right Dan, he's, viola he's <laughs> violating it right now. All right. <laughs> Your favorite fast food restaurant? Um, probably oh, TGI Fridays. Uh, <laughs> 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 what, what is the car you drove for your first driver exam? That is a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Your favorite tree? Ash, square that thing splits. Your favorite chainsaw? <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble here. One that runs well. <laughs> Your dream vacation destination? Uh, like Maui. I don't know. Wisconsin. Somewhere, somewhere warm. Yeah. Right up the peninsula. Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> if you could have one, what superpower would you want? Be able to speak every language. Your favorite dinosaur? T-Rex. Oh, would you rather go to the monster truck rally or an orchestra? Monster truck rally. Sorry. <laughs> do, <laughs> do you, do you believe? My wife, not so much, but. <laughs> do you believe in UFOs? <laughs> <laughs> uh possibly i'm open to the idea all right all right oh. <laughs> i broke into a sweat with that one dan i'm telling you <laughs> good all right. stuff well austin yeah austin uh you congratulations you are the first survivor of being woodhounded here on the right. woodhounds podcast the world's <laughs> largest firewood podcast yes the number one firewood podcast right on yeah i don't know yeah. why tgi friday's boss in my head i guess the only i guess you can drink beer there or something i don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's technically a fast food place or not but. 
Yeah, I was waiting for Burger King, McDonald's, yeah. Taco Bell, TGI Fridays. I'll have to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we want to thank Austin Roberts of the Log Ox Company for sitting down here with us and helping us get to know him better, to get to know the company better, and uh, and I think it's exciting too, Dan, for the Woodhounds podcast that we are in a position to bring very good people like Austin. Uh, you know, to our listeners. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Austin. Greatly appreciate it. It's been a blast, gentlemen. I, I really feel honored to uh, to be on the show with you guys. And thanks so much for inviting me. It's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Austin. I will never forget this uh, this episode and it'll live on in podcast world forever. Yes. <laughs> and if you're listening out there, get yourself a log ox. You won't regret it. Yeah. You won't look back. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to put in the in the description notes uh, all the links uh, for the Logox um, tool and and their website. And uh, Dan, we'll um, we'll just keep following up with this. If Austin, if you ever come out with a new product or some new innovation, we'd love to hear it. Give us a call, and we'd love to have you back. Yeah, I would love to do that, and hopefully see you guys at the uh, at the Bunyan this year. Yeah, uh, I know I'll be there. If there's free food, I am there. <laughs> All right. Well, Dan, what do you say we get out of here? Let's start the music and uh, let's let's head on out. All right. Sounds good. Once again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks again, Austin and uh, Woodhounds. We'll see you next week, 5 a.m. Wednesday. All right. And Austin, one last pressure point for you here. Everyone have a great day. Great day.